How many kids do we have here? How many children? Wave your hand. Something. Wave your coloring book. Okay, we've got a lot of, kids, a lot of children here today. I love it. I love it. And I can preach right through these kids. But some of them actually, even while they're coloring, they get some of the message. And uh, it kind of soaks in, and they'll go home, and they'll ask you questions about it. So that means, parents, you need to pay attention, too. Okay? Turn to your neighbor and say, please pay attention. Because we're going to deal with a subject. Last week, we dealt with the subject of authority. If we're going to be the church of action or the church in action, we have to understand authority. And a lot of you, there was a lot of healing took place last week. A lot of people... Uh, had an understanding of authority, maybe for the first time in their life, kingdom authority. And today we're going to talk about boldness. And if we're going to affect the nation and our, and our community and our homes and our job places and our schools, kids, if we're going to affect them, we really need to have a holy boldness about us. And if the Spirit of God lives in you, then you should walk in boldness and a confidence in, in Jesus Christ that the world doesn't even know about. The world has a kind of a boldness and a confidence, and it's usually manifested in arrogance and pride. But we have a boldness that's different. And it's rooted and established in love, and it's rooted and established in faith. And so today, I want you to understand, if you walked in here, and you're one of these people that has no boldness, you feel like you're always under condemnation, that nobody cares about you, that Jesus doesn't love you, and you couldn't tell anybody about anything, today is your day. We're going we're gonna to break off that spirit of timidity and fear today. Would you all agree with that right now in Jesus' name? Because some of you don't like it. You don't want to live in that any longer, and today's your day. We're going we're gonna to deal with that today, just like we dealt with authority last week. And so uh, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn and follow along. We're going to be in Acts chapter 4 most of the time. But I want us to start with a declaration this morning as a body of believers, and I want everybody, if you would, to stand, please. And we're going to look at the screen. We're going to read Romans 1.16 together. 1.16 together. It's actually a scripture that the, the children's camp used this week that I didn't know about. But God works all those things out. So maybe the kids can really say this louder than the adults. Ready? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, and also for the Greek. Father, we thank you today that you are going to instill in us a boldness like we've never had before to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to share the love of Christ, and to see all these things manifested, Father, that would uh, bring glory and honor to your name. And it's in the name above all names that I pray, in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted, Amen. 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 Thank you. You may be seated. Boldness. Boldness. Now, I'm going to read through some scriptures. I don't do this normally, so it's going to be a surprise. I'm not going to read a scripture and talk about a scripture and read a verse and talk about a verse. We're going to read through this whole passage so you can get the context of all, the, all that was happening. Remember that uh, Peter and John had gone to the gate beautiful. They were going to the temple to pray, and the man was lame. And they, they asked, and he asked for alms. He needed some money. And they say, silver and gold have I none, but the authority was, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Remember that. So we talked about the authority we have. Well, there's an extension of that story in Acts chapter 4 because the Pharisees and the Sadducees did not like what was taking place. They were very upset that this Jesus was being preached. They thought they killed the guy, right? And so he wasn't dead. He had been resurrected. So they were very upset. And let me explain to you about just a little bit of a little uh, help you out sometimes because I, I don't assume everybody knows everything. I, I sure don't know everything. 
But when we talk about the Pharisees and the Sadducees, that's like talking about uh, the Senate and, and uh, Congress, okay? The House of Representatives and Senate. Because it, it is Congress, but there are two wings under Congress. Well, there's the, the, uh, the uh, Sanhedrin. It was the government of the church. And under the Sanhedrin came the Sadducees and the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the ones that... Uh, they, they, were, they believed in the resurrection of the dead. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. And this is an old saying, but it helps you remember it. The reason you can remember the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection is that's why they are sad, you see. So that'll help. That'll trigger something. It helped me a long time ago to differentiate between the two governments. But they were together on this issue that Jesus was dead. And these guys better quit talking about Jesus and quit healing people in Jesus' name. So... I want to begin with Acts chapter, uh, um, after, uh, we're going to be in Acts 4, verse 1, and we'll be reading straight through. And this is Peter and John that they're, they're talking about. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them, and they put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven, no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus and seeing the man who had been who, who had been healed standing with him, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go outside outside of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, what shall we do with these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. I hope you're catching these things. But just so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they call them. I love this. So they call them and they commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old, whom this miracle of healing had been, had been performed. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they had heard it, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you 
are God, who made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David has said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the, pray, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Come on, say boldness like the word speaks. They spoke the word of God with Okay. Listen, that word, even, even the word itself calls for us to say it in a different way. We just can't say boldness. It's boldness. Not the world's boldness, but God's boldness. Jesus' boldness. Jesus was bold. Holy Spirit is bold. And it's always bold in a good way. So I want us to see three things today. The first one is that we can see boldness. Y'all believe that you can see boldness? Acts 4.13. Now, when they saw the boldness, they saw the boldness, they saw the boldness. Thank you for all three of you. Say this. When they saw the boldness. Okay, they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Now, let me tell you what boldness is when we go back to the Greek. I don't do this a whole lot, but here's the Greek word because I can actually pronounce this one. It's parousia. This is the Greek word that they use where we would put the word bold or some other words. And here's some other definitions that we would get from the Greek, from the Strong's that tell us what boldness really is. Okay, boldness is this. It actually means freedom in speaking. Good thing. Unreservedness in speech, openly, frankly, in effect, without concealment, without the use of figures and comparisons. Not having to explain yourself away, in other words. Free and fearless, say fearless, free and fearless confidence, cheerful courage, assurance. All these mean boldness. And all these are rooted and grounded in this confidence and this cheerful courage and this and this assurance. They're grounded in our faith. They, what, what they did was because of their faith, what they had seen, what they had experienced with Jesus Christ, what they had experienced with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why they were bold. That's why they could do what they were doing. Listen, the church is not called to be stagnant. The church has never been called to be relegated to a building. The church is you. The church is mobile. The church is within you. I know we say let's go to church today, but really what we should say is the church is going to assemble today. Because that's what we do. That's why one denomination is called the Assemblies of God, because they're assembling together. And you know what happens when you assemble a lot of parts together? Sometimes it works out and something works really good when you put the parts together. We were talking to our, our uh, daughter and, and our son in love, and, and uh, they're about to have their first child. And so they had ordered this, um, what was it? Stroller. They had ordered a stroller. And well, you order it, you got to put it together. And man, they had a hard time assembling a stroller. And they said, we're going to wait for, for me to get there to put the uh, car care, the car seat together. I thought, maybe they're in trouble. 
But what they're doing is waiting for my gift to show up to put with their gift so we can put it together. But that's how it works. The church is full of people with gifts. We talked about that last week in the, in the five-fold ministry, how the gifts have been given by God, and, and those gifts are flowing out of every, each and every one of you, even if you, don't mean, if you don't think you have a gift. God's given every born-again, spirit-filled believer gifts. And we're assembling together, and we let those gifts work together to edify the body, but not just to be stagnant and stay in here and get fat on Jesus, but get outside the walls and listen, where did they heal the man? Was it in the church? No, they were walking by a gate. We walked by some of those gates a couple of weeks ago. Matter of fact, I forgot to tell everybody. I better say it now. Wednesday night, experience Israel with us. If you want to be here, we're going to, uh, all the team that went to Israel, uh, we're all going to be here together. And we've got a video, and we're going to share Israel with you. And I hope that you can come 630 Wednesday night. It's going to be, really, it will touch your life, I believe. Okay? Back. That's a short in a commercial. Okay. So. They saw, they saw the boldness of Peter and John. What did they see? They saw a lame man healed. They saw a lame man healed. But I want to tell you, I believe the boldness that they saw went way beyond seeing somebody get up off the ground. I believe that they saw confidence in these men of God as they walked by. You remember what Peter said to him when the guy said, alms, 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 give me money? He said, man, look at me. He said, look at us. You know, people that have confidence, especially Holy Ghost confidence, they'll look at you in the eye. They'll, they'll look at you. They'll make eye contact with you. People that don't want to make eye contact, man, they're, they're all over the place. They don't really want to make eye contact. They don't want to get involved because ministry is messy. Listen, we have confidence. We have this boldness that we can go before the throne and we can go to people and speak in this confidence. And Peter had that kind of confidence. And John had that kind of confidence. You know why they had that confidence? Because they had been with Jesus. They were uneducated, ordinary, untrained men. They didn't have any schooling. They were fishermen that had messed up a lot in their life. And God chose them instead of the Pharisees and the Sadducees who had all the high hats and the, fun, the funny robes and the funny clothes. He picked these ordinary men to take the gospel to the world. Guess what? He's still picking ordinary people to do his job. He's still using you. Listen, when you say, I can't do this, I can't do that, listen, that's a blight in his face. When you say, I can't do this and I can't do that, when God says all things, you can do all things through him. And you say, well, I don't have an education. Well, look at these guys. They had no education. Well, I don't speak well and I don't speak well. Well, ask Moses about that. God will supply any need that you have to get his message out. All he's looking for in us is a willing vessel. Is willing for him for, that we would yield so he can use us to be the mouthpiece. You know, I said this a few weeks ago in a sermon, and I used to use that word all the time, and I've recanted, I've repented of it. St. Francis of Assisi said, you know, uh, preach, uh, preach the gospel, and if, and if uh, necessary, use words. Listen, it's necessary to use words. It's all through the word of God. Speak, speak, speak. Use your words. Now, I understand that prayer means live the life before you speak, but it doesn't say that. It just says if necessary, it's necessary to, to use words. If somebody comes up to you, I, I don't know about this Jesus, you, that I, I've seen something different in your life. And, man, uh, you seem to have everything together. You seem to have a peace about you. Can you tell me about what's, what's going on in your life that caused you to be this way? And you would go, no. No, no, just, just watch me. No. Somebody ask you what's going on, what? 
Man, that's an invitation to tell them about Jesus. No, no. Hey, man, I've, man, I've seen a difference in you lately. And, uh, w- what's going on in your life? Mm, nothing. <laughs> and people do that. And they, 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 well, I just didn't have the courage. I didn't have the, I just, you know, I don't really want to, I don't want to offend them. Listen, at the last, Jesus offended everybody almost. He just offended them because he spoke the truth in love. But, and if you're worried about offending somebody, you'll never open your mouth. If you want to be politically correct, you'll never open your mouth at all. We're not about that here. The word of God is not about that. He said to speak the word boldly. And they saw the boldness of Peter and John. I'm actually getting ahead of myself. They saw the boldness of Peter and John. And they perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men. And guess what they did? They marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. A lot of the problem with churches, uh, with, with Christians today, is we don't spend a lot of time with Jesus. Nobody's marveling. Nobody's laying hands on the sick. People aren't getting healed. People aren't getting delivered. And nobody's talking about what's going on in the kingdom because we're not talking about what's going on in the kingdom. We're not living the kingdom. We look at the Bible so much, so much of our life. People look at the Bible as a history book, a self-help book, a book on war, a love story. But if we really want to get to the nitty-gritty of it and become the bold people of Christ, we've got to look at the Bible as the written is, is the Word of God, and Jesus is the Word of God. And if you want to have the boldness of Jesus and the boldness of the Holy Spirit, you need the boldness of the Word in you. The next thing I want to see is hearing boldness, which I've already kind of jumped into that. Look at Acts chapter 4, verse 18. So they call them, they command them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. And to that, Peter and John just fell down laughing. No, it's not there. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it's right in the sight of God, they listen to you more than to God you judge. In other words, they were using wisdom in this response. They were using wisdom. They, they, they used that. Remember how Jesus would ask, they would ask a question, and he would, he would come back with another reply or a question. They'd, they'd be guys scratching their head like, well, we can't ask him anything else because he's got us on that one. Well, the, he, Peter and John kind of got him on this one. Uh, Listen, Pharisees, Sadducees, we know you love God, and we're trying, to, we're trying to follow God. Should we follow your commandments, or should we follow God's commandments? And they couldn't say anything about that, except, man, they were scratching their heads. Peter and John answered and said to them, we can't do, we, we've got to listen to God. So when it comes to the authority issue, we talked about this last week. I, I'll just touch on it a second. Listen, when it comes to authority... When the authority tells you to go against God's laws, against God's rules, against God's word, then you don't have to submit to authority there. So many people are just cowering down now, especially in America. They've got this new law. You can't say this. You can't do this. Listen, as Christians, we have rights. And it's not because we are arrogant and boastful of our rights. It's because we want to tell the world that's lost and going to hell about a God who loves them and wants to save them. We don't tell them because we want to show them how smart we are. We want to tell them because we love them. That's the mandate of the word of God, to love God and love people. In that verse 20, it, this is, man, you ought to highlight this one in your Bible. For we cannot but speak of the things which we have seen and heard. I'm going to ask you a question. Do not raise your hands. Do not respond. It's not to embarrass anybody. But this is the question the Lord put before me. And listen, when I preach, I'm preaching to me. What do you talk about most of the time? 
What are you talking about? What's your conversation about? Because if your conversation's about everything but God, then you've got a problem. Now, you, I'm going to talk about my grandkids. I'll talk about my kids. I'll talk about, I'll talk about things all the time. But if God's not in my conversation, there's a problem. If Mary Lou and I get up and all we talk about all day long is problems and bills and, and this problem and that problem and all that, if that's all we were to talk about, I'm telling you, nobody's going to want to talk to us. But we get up and we start in the word. We get up and we're talking about Jesus all day long. We can't help but speak of the things we have seen and heard. I'm not saying you can't talk about sports. Man, I know the Rangers won last night 9-4. to four. First place. Two games over Seattle, wherever that city is. We know about rain, too. I, I, I like to watch the Rangers. I was telling Mary Lou, I want to work my schedule so I can go to a game this year. How many of you like the Rangers? How many of you don't like the Rangers? We'll pray for you. But I, I like sports. I like to talk sports. But if sports dominates my life and dominates my conversation, then nobody's going to want to hear about Jesus because I'm not going to have anything to say to them about Jesus. Are y'all getting my drift? What do you talk about, though? Do you talk about cars? Do you talk about NASCAR? Do you talk about uh, women? Do you just talk about makeup? Do you talk about everything but God? Because God needs to be the first and foremost in your conversation. He really does. And if, if you're not, they say, we can't... But, Cannot but speak of the things which we have seen her. They were always talking about Jesus. Wherever they went, they were talking about Jesus. And they got in trouble for it. And you might get in trouble for it too. But guess what? Jesus got you covered. The last thing I want you to see is the, those put together. Seeing and hearing boldness. Acts 4.29. <laughs> I love this. They get threatened about talking about Jesus. Yeah. I'm just, I just wonder, if somebody threatened you said, quit talking about Jesus, would you just kind of laugh at them? I, my response would be like when that lady pulled me over to give me that ticket. Are you serious? <laughs> Are you serious? Seriously? No. And somebody did, but because guess what? They're going to. They're already doing it. They're already doing it. Now, I, never think, I never thought in my lifetime I would see what I see. Never thought I'd see what I see. The world's changing, but we shouldn't be changing. We should stay rock solid, walking out our faith, speaking our faith, living our faith. He says in verse 29, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants. He's talking about themselves. That with all boldness that they, he's talking about them, may speak your word. He's threatened. You better shut up, Peter. You better shut up, John. And they say, Lord, we need a little prayer meeting because we need power. We need boldness to speak because they're telling us to be quiet. That's a pretty cool prayer meeting. Wouldn't you like to have been on that one? <laughs> Peter and John walking in the room with their, with their confidence. Hey, they told us to quit talking about Jesus. Let's pray. Because <laughs> it's going to affect everybody else here too. And I want to pray for boldness for all of you. He said, I don't care about their threats. We, we care about Jesus. It says, look at their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Now, I want you to understand something. A lot of people are timid when it comes to things like this. They don't want to stretch out their hand. They don't want to lay hands on somebody. They want to speak life over anybody. They think they might be intruding on somebody's life. I, I want to tell you something. 
People that don't, they don't want to hear a prayer. When they're on their deathbed, all of a sudden they want to hear a prayer. I've experienced that many times. Oh, he didn't like, he didn't want to hear about God. Oh, he's only, he's terminal. He wants the pastor to come. What did I say last week that I was sharing what Bill Johnson shared? Everybody's looking for a king. Everybody's looking for a savior. We just haven't displayed him very well. As Christians, we really haven't shown the world how, how much, how awesome he is because we have not been doing the things that God's called us to do. And I'm, I'm speaking of the church in general. Okay? And here's the thing. Here, here, I want to, can I just ease a burden off of you a little bit? Listen, look at, reread this, this scripture and look where he's saying that they may speak your word. It's not your word. It's his word. It's not your word. You can try to talk somebody into Christianity all day long. You need to start talking his word. His word has power. Okay, so that's the first one. And then he says, by stretching out your hand, it's a capital Y. It's your hand, Lord, to heal. You can't heal anybody. But he's called us. He said, lay your hands on the sick. And he will, he's going to be the one that does the recovering. Not you. We can't fix anybody. First lesson as pastor, if you ever, ever aspire to be a pastor, and if God's called you to be a pastor, number one, you can't fix anybody. Once you get past that, you're going to be all right. Because <laughs> if you think you can fix somebody, you will be disappointed all your life. Because you can't do it, but God can. Apparently, Timothy had a problem with this, with this boldness. Timothy was a spiritual son to Paul. Timothy was, many commentators say he was probably the first mega, mega church pastor. Huge church. And it, at the same time, Nero was coming in and he was, he was destroying Christians. He, he would dip them in oil and light them up just so they could have a, a way to get to the palace. Oh, just, just look for the light. He was a very mean, cruel, beyond cruel dictator, ruler in Rome. And Timothy was a pastor working with a church, a young church. And, and at some point, I believe all of the, uh, all of the uh, persecution and all these things began, began to weigh down upon him. I can imagine the things that were going on. We think it's bad now. It was way worse then. And so Paul writes him this letter. He says, Timothy... There's a gift in you. I want you to stir it up. I believe it's a gift of faith. And he says this. Many of you know this scripture. Maybe you don't know it, but you need to highlight it in your Bible. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Would y'all say that with me? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. See, if... God didn't give Timothy a spirit of fear. Who did? The enemy did. The enemy would like to harass you and, and oppress you, and he wants you to walk in fear. That's, man, if he can keep the Christian the community in fear, man, he's, he's won a big victory. If he can keep us shut up, if he can keep us silent, then he's won a, big, a great victory because nobody will know. We, can, we won't be able to tell them. And many people are terrified to open their mouth and speak just terrified because you think it's up to you and it's not 
God's going to do it. If you'll open your mouth, he'll speak through you. Many of you are even, you're terrified even to speak, speak life over your own family. Man, you're, you're terrified to declare some things at work, declare some things in your life, and people around you, you don't want to open your mouth, and you think things are going to happen, but God said, we, we, we need to speak the truth in love. We need to speak it forth, declare and make declarations. The Bible's full of declarations that he's called us to make. He's, he's full of promises he wants us to proclaim over, over our families. And he said, Timothy, I know this looks scary. I, I, know, there, I know there's a lot of obstacles, uh, obstacles against you, Timothy, but God did not give you a spirit of timidity or fear. Here's the spirit that God gave you, Timothy, power and love and a sound mind. That means self-control. We need what God gave Timothy because he's given it to us, through the power of his spirit. Would you stand, please? Could I have a ministry team to the front? I think this, God has given me this series to preach because he's wanting us to deal with specific things. Last week, it was a spirit of rebellion. We had many people come and get delivered from, uh, I believe, they got delivered from that, the spirit of rebellion, den- denial, always being the one that says no. I believe that this week it's the spirit of fear, which keeps us from being bold. Okay? So this, this, this morning, I, I want us to deal with it. I want you to deal with it. God's going to deal with it with for you, if you'll let him, if you'll yield to him this morning, he will deliver you from the spirit of fear. Because he really does want to give you power and love and a sound mind. He wants us to proclaim the gospel boldly. So I'm just going to ask you, just like last week, bow your heads, close your eyes. Everybody. No jokes. No looking around. Because this between you and God. If you're here this morning and that's an issue in your life, I'm just going to put it like that. You, you just walk in fear. You're, you're afraid to speak up. You're afraid to somebody ask you about your faith. You, you just stutter, can't get words out. And you just walk in this timidity. You call it humility, but it's not humility. But if you deal with a spirit of fear, and I'm talking about in, in a lot of areas of your life, but predominantly in just sharing your faith, it shouldn't be a, a drudgery, it shouldn't be a fear, it should be a joy. So if you're dealing with a spirit of fear and you're, you feel like that's encompassed you for a while, I'm just going to ask you to slip your hand up and hold it up. You're dealing with a spirit of fear. Come on, be honest. All over the room. Okay, put your hands down. Thank you for your honesty. So what I'd like to ask you to do next is, here's the bold part. If you raise your hands, the boldness that would counter even that fear would be to step out and come and let somebody up here pray for you. So we're not even going to open our eyes yet. So if you 
have got that spirit of fear and you want to get it broken off of you and you want to start walking in boldness, a boldness rooted in Christ, I want you to step out and come. I want you to take an act, active step of boldness and faith to step out and come. Just come to one of these couples, one of these individuals, and we'll take you to a prayer room and pray for you. Let's go ahead and take them to a prayer room. And if we run out of people to pray, we'll, I'll grab some more to come up and pray. Okay, Wes and Casey, come on up. I see y'all standing there. Anybody, any life group pastors out here? Joe, you step up come. Any life group pastors? the spirit of fear. I want to pray for you this morning. We're early, so please, unless you just have to leave, I'm going to ask you to stay and be reverent and respectful of the time for the people that need prayer. Listen, this is a game changer. It's a game changer fear gone. Anybody else? Okay, you may be seated. Scott, could you come up, son? 